Business banking shouldn't feel like another transaction. UMass 5's Commercial Services Division is comprised of business owners. So when it's time to make crucial decisions, we're ready with advice drawn from hands-on experience. Contact Jeff Simpson, CFA, at 413-256-5560 or visit umass5.coop slash business. Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by UMass 5's Commercial Services Division. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's a recovering entrepreneur and consultant to small businesses and nonprofit organizations. Here is Tom Fox. All right, folks, thanks a lot for, for tuning in. And in uh, this episode, we're talking to Raymond Berry Jr., who is the president and founder of White Lion Brewing. Ray, thanks a lot for coming on the program. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me, Tom. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Well, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure. As you know, we're, we're obviously going through COVID pandemic right now. There's a lot of fits and starts in the economy. But what's been interesting is you've got a fair amount of press recently I've, I've, I've seen. Um, especially in relation to the craft industry, in relation to the the, the uh, tap room downtown Springfield. So I wanted to come on. I wanted you to come on and share some of that good news about what's going on, White Lion. Well, it's an evolution. I, you know, like any other business that uh, is in the middle of the pandemic, it's it's been tough. Um, we have were put in a position where we had to pivot a number of times, and you know, we had to look at. Uh, the sustainability of the company. And that meant uh, when some of the restaurants closed and some of the bars closed, um, which made up about 40% of our account portfolio. Um, and at that time, a lot of unknowns, we had to make some hard decisions. Uh, like many other the businesses out there that had to make some hard decisions. So we were right in the middle of it, Tom. We were in the middle of it. So when you, when you talk about pivot, for the uninitiated who may be listening in, what do you mean by pivot? So uh, we knew uh, when the governor put in place some restrictions and required some establishments to close, that impacted our company directly. So for every 10 accounts that we have, four of them were restaurants and bars. Mm. Uh, and obviously if we're not pushing product, engaging, those establishments that is X amount of revenue that's not coming in on a monthly basis. So uh, when I was prefacing the hard decisions, you can't keep full operation going mm -hmm. with only partial income coming in. So we were forced to make those tough decisions where we furloughed slash laid off a couple employees uh, and really went back to the beginning of how we were operating with just a one or two, two person operation out there grinding uh, just to keep things going forward. So um, they were, that was, that was one of those tough decisions. We were very fortunate enough as time went on, there was more clarity and uh, the federal government, state government, city government stepped in with a number of programs that we were fortunate enough to take advantage of. And, you know, since the month of April, we've been able to onboard our employees back into the fold. 
So I was gonna, that was going to be one of my follow-up questions. Did you have intentions on bringing those folks back? But it sounds like you already had that opportunity to engage them and bring them back because of some of these programs. Yeah, it was, again, a number of the programs. And so the city of Springfield primed the pump. Fortunate enough to be the recipient of um, some of those dollars. And they just, uh, just pardon me, I think I just read that they had a second round of that come out or, or, or something recently as well, too. So, so there might be some funds left in that program. Third, this the city of Springfield's third round. Oh, it's their third round. Oh, okay. Wow. Absolutely. All right. So they're pretty, they're, they're on top of it, it sounds like. Yeah, they've been pretty proactive. So prime the pump by way of the city. Um, payroll protection by way of the SBA slash federal government. And... Um, so just very fortunate for those two programs. And it, like I said, it allowed us to take those dollars and be in a stronger position from a cash flow perspective to bring people back on board. Um, but all while that was happening, the state was still from an ABCC perspective, relaxing some of the credit guidelines, which means accounts like restaurants and bars, they're required to pay within a certain time frame to um, the beverage companies. Okay. The government knew that they were in a tight, tighter situation because they were closed. So how would, it's gonna to be tough for them to pay, right? So they relaxed some of that, which also impacts our cash flow. But um, we understand the importance of that because it's about their longevity as well. Why force them to pay when they don't, or when they are not generating any revenue? Hmm. So we, we we totally understood. But so it's a it's a um, it's a fluid conversation. It's an evolving conversation, and uh, we still don't know from a from a, a large lens what the end result will look like. I mean, we 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 all pay attention to the news. So yeah. No, I mean, and you see, you know, there's been some reports out recently. I think there was one a reporter read over the weekend out of Boston. It could be nearly 6,000 establishments that are closed for good in the Commonwealth uh, in regards to the hospitality industry. Um, you know, just things that it's like, to, to your point, it's a fluid situation. People are reopening, but they're reopening with a different business model than before. And, you know, that obviously impacts them, to your point. If I'm not generating the revenue I was before, it's going to be very difficult. And there's been other folks. I mean, listen, it sounds at least your industry is understanding of it. There's been other landlords and things like that have been trying to look at things a little bit. You know, it's a different dynamic for them as well. So I guess it's fair to say there was enough pain to go around that everybody's feeling this in some way, shape or form. So there's more of a, hey, listen, we all got to get through this together. Um, so it's good to see that you're able to, to be actionable on some of the programs that were available and bringing those people back to work. Um, but I guess what the, the other thing, I guess I would say, that at least that sounds good. As you said, 40% of your business comes from that particular 40% of your portfolio comes from those types of businesses, but you had another 60% of the portfolio. At least you were fortunate enough that you have the revenue stream that you could, you know, cultivate and, and, you know, and work on it in that respect there. Did you see sales go up? in your other part of the portfolio with this part turned down? Yeah, so the consumer definitely gravitated towards the off-premise locations, which are your package stores and, and liquor stores gotcha. and wine venues. Um, I mean, people consume, 
And if restaurants are not available to go out, eat and consume, they in turn go to their local or regional location and, and pick up what they need to pick up. So the, t- the statistics throughout the trade were showing an increase in consumption, or at least from a dollar perspective. And uh, we, we witnessed that not at the onset, mm-hmm. but again, as there was more clarity, not only by the decision makers that buy our product, but also by the consumer who knew that they didn't have to go and rush and buy everything at once because the liquor stores weren't going to close. Liquor stores were considered essential. Um, There has been a definitely a gradual uptick in, um, in reorders. And to couple that, Tom, when we talk about pivot, you and I always talk about that and being able to adapt uh, in the middle of everything that the, the state as well, uh, the state's ABCC commission department uh, allowed venues or, or establishments, I should say breweries to do door to door home delivery or curbside. And we've been able to do or implement and then do door to door, which was another way to stay in front of the consumer. Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're also, you know, we'll talk about your work downtown in, in, a, in a few moments, but you're also a, a brand that's growing. So in, in the midst of a pandemic, you had, and you were very big involved in community social events. You had the beer garden, a lot of great outward facing events that brought people in. So now all of a sudden folks can't come out no more and it's got it for a brand that's growing. Um, it's great that you were able to see that opportunity. And I, I think uh, you know, we, we interviewed Rick Sullivan and what I appreciated about him is he started off the conversation with the opportunities that have been presented to us because of COVID. Not of the things we've lost, but the things we've been able to find. And it's yeah. great to see that, you know, you were able to, to say, hey, listen, there's an opportunity here that relax some of these things. It makes sense for my business model to do this. And as a growing brand, People get out there. At least I've seen it on, online because I follow you on your platforms. People are posting, you know, the white line they just got delivered and things like that. You know, that's yeah. from a brand perspective, that's great that you're able to get in front of those people and still engage them. Um, and ultimately, hopefully, uh, transition that to the tap room that's going to be downtown Springfield. And we'll get that to a second, but I want to really quick, I just want to give a quick mention to our sponsor, UMass Fives Commercial Services Division. It's been great to support business talk and uh, support these conversations with entrepreneurs like yourself and people that are making a difference as we're getting out of COVID. Um, and, you know, and on that note, you had scheduled to, to open up the tap room sometime this summer, if I'm not correct. Am I wrong there, or was it sooner than that? Uh, no, you're right. I mean, not, yeah, uh, pre Pre-COVID, um, we were looking at a turnkey situation where the opening or soft events would have taken place in late May, early June. Okay. Uh, so uh, obviously with COVID still in play, it, that delayed a number of things. Again, there were a lot of unknowns. Construction stopped. Then it started to trickle back. Uh, just had a meeting yesterday and uh, with the full team, construction team, et cetera. And, you know, we're on target for September. Um, I was clear with the team. I would love to be in a position right after the holiday uh, in September, beginning of, to uh, you know, start welcoming people downtown into the, into the venue or into the establishment, I should say. 
and that's going to be that's going to be inside Tower Square. 1500 Main Street, first floor, former Spaghetti Freddy space. That's what it used to be. Okay. Yeah. So it's off of Main and Bridge. We'll have several entrances. You can enter by way of Bridge Street. You can enter by way of uh, the UMass entrance on Bridge Street and by way of the common area entrance within Tower Square. Did did COVID putting things on pause actually give you an opportunity to, to I guess, better engage that space in, in development or did it really just, or did it really just put a, like a monkey wrench in things or did you, or was it like, Hey, you know what? We've actually got a little more time. You know, what can we do in the space? You know, did it give you, you know, I guess, give you any epiphanies or any different directions? Well, I can answer that two different ways. One, I mean, it was better for us to be in the middle of COVID verse behind it, meaning, or in front of it. So I, there are a number of businesses that had just opened up when COVID guidelines came down. Uh, so they never had an opportunity to really cultivate and continue to work with their consumer base around that new establishment. Mm. So, you know, these 90 days or 100 days or whatever it would lead up to 150, 160 days allows us to continue to do what we've been doing. Allows us to continue to do what we've been doing yeah. and uh, continue to get our story out, continue to engage. So we're very fortunate enough that we can continue to work with the off-premise locations, packer stores, liquor stores, and now the restaurants are back on board, slowly coming back on board with outdoor and indoor, mm-hmm. reestablish those relationships. So it's all leading to the eventual opening. We're not opening where everything's still closed. It's just, it's just yeah. a different, it's a different, it's a different conversation. So um, I, I think that if there's any silver lining, yeah, we're on the back end where things are starting to, the okay, bandwidth starting to, the bandwidth starting to open. And, and we've been able to re and we've been able to engage a, another um, lens of, of, of activity by way of home deliveries. So if you use the time wisely, you say, listen, if I've got the time, it's going to be like this anyway, what can we, how do we use it judiciously? And yeah, and as far as brick and mortar and, and, and changing some of the, the, the layout, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much that's not, etched in stuff, right? And yeah, absolutely. You're going to design. I just didn't know, you know, it'd be like, Hey, you know, we could design a little bit differently. Hey, you know what? We said red for over here. We're going to go with this color or, you know, things like that. You never know. Entrepreneurs oh, yeah. are notorious yeah. for changing their minds last second. Oh yeah. They ain't everything orange. By tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, you know, as you, as you look at that and just in, in general, we got a few moments left and, you know, I guess I want to say is, in some of the press I've, I've, I've read about you recently, but I, you still seem to be a very, you know, cheerleader for downtown Springfield. You don't seem to be deterred by COVID and things like that. You know, what is your outlook on the future for the downtown area? I think it's going to take uh, some time. Um, downtown, the downtown corridor, uh, especially the marks between the north end and south end and the immediate business district that anchors it is um, 
primarily populated by a lot of office workers, hotel goers, uh, people coming in from outside and utilizing the Sheraton or Marriott or whatever it may be, visiting to go to the casino. So there is a, um, there's a lot of uh, a void of that right now. You don't see a lot of foot traffic, and I think that's going to take time. Uh, you know, office workers, they're in a different situation now. Do the decision makers uh, allow them to come back? Is there more of a remote conversation or is there a hybrid conversation? So, you know, and not to generalize it to just the city of Springfield, I think any major or urban environment that has a downtown environment or, or corridor is, is going to face some challenges. I think that between the business improvement district, uh, TDI, mass development, city of Springfield, and any other um, interest holder, all working collectively to try to uh, let your visitor consumer know that downtown is alive and well is going to play an important role. And, and, and I think, you know, by having outdoor dining and uh, other creative programs that may be in the pipeline are important for people to feel relaxed enough to, to, to refrequent these establishments. But it's not going to happen overnight. I, if I were to give you my guesstimate, Tom, I would say uh, with a um, vaccine in place, hopefully in 2021, you know, I, I would say, you know, entering the spring, summer, there may be some sort of normalcy. But I could be wrong. That's just not well. And we, and we never know. I mean, there's so many, you know, well, depending upon where cases go and things like that in relation to COVID. And to your point, too, it's not feel the dreams, build it, and they will come. Um, people still have to be comfortable about going back into an establishment. Absolutely. Um, so that might take time. And that Absolutely. just could be, you know, that could be a multitude of things. But, you know, listen, it sounds like at least what, you know, but you've been expressing in this part of the conversation has been, it seems to be a team effort downtown Springfield, which is trying to give people confidence that they're looking forward to coming back and making sure that the businesses downtown or, I mean, through those partnerships, the bid TDI city of Springfield, what are we doing? What can we do better? How do we collectively, you know, maybe not create a safety net, but we've got to, in the interim, we've got to think a little, we've got to be innovative. Um, Cause we, you know, not a lot of places were prepared for something like this and it affects each different each business differently um right. so it's good to see that you know you know white lion has still got the intentions on downtown and although it's impacted your business in some capacity at least it's good to see that you had other parts of your portfolio and the, the federal funding that was out there and other local funding that was helpful so that's all good stuff if you had any advice for a business owner right now let's say that they've been in your position they've been open for a few years you know they've been growing what would you what would your advice be to them right now as they're as we're coming through covid i i think it's important whatever trade that they're in to uh continue to um listen to whether it's a a leading advocacy group um pay attention to some of the recommendations and guidelines that they're passing down. So every trade has a different round of conversation, uh, a different round of um, 
opening guideline guidance. Obviously, it all uh, it all resorts back to the framework issued by their respective state or by the federal government. But you know, um, a restaurant's approach may be a little bit different than uh, a retail approach, right? Mm-hmm. So understand and be very versed in what your local government is requiring, and don't look at you know a sister company. Uh, a, a like sister company in Connecticut because their guidelines may be a little bit different. different. And you don't never want to be in a position where you say, "Well, you know, I that's they're doing that in Connecticut. No, we're doing this in Massachusetts." Yeah. Just be mindful of of what's going on and and don't be afraid to pick up the phone or ask any questions to your local government, state government, local officials, because uh, at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to hold people accountable. Yeah. Hey, listen. So, if folks want to learn more about White Line. How can they find out about you? White Lions on all social media platforms. Our website is www.whitelionbrewing.com. On Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're even on uh, some YouTube videos, et cetera. So, um, and then our location is at 1500 Main Street. Again, looking to open our tap room by September of 2020. And it will definitely be a unique experience because the consumer or innocent bystander can come in, they'll actually see production on site. And whether you like beer or not, there will be beverages and food available. All right, listen, Raymond Berry, uh, owner, founder of White Line Brewing, thank you very much for coming on the program today and sharing your insights. And also want to thank our sponsor, UMass Fives Commercial Services Division, our friends at Business West, and of course, Living Local, partnering to bring all these stories to you. So Ray, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it and good luck to you. Appreciate you, my friend. Be well.